Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the doctors as they travel the vortex and arrive at episode number 383. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Pretty good. Renewed. Good. Renewed? What'd you do to renew yourself? I'm here. (laughs) I'm not at home dealing with family drama. Ah. (laughs) Sometimes that just does wonders. (laughs) Just getting out of the house. Just getting out of the house. Yeah, we had an all right week. We, uh... We did have a, a fun time, missed you at uh, Patrick's uh, uh, shindig. Oh, yeah, that was. Celebration thing. We went to Kansas City and saw Deadpool uh, at the Alamo Draft House and then went to a lovely little place called Pawn and Pint. But it's it's a place where you go and it's basically a bar, but it's got a room full of tables that you can play board games huh. and card games and stuff like that. And they've got a whole wall. Full, I mean, it's very intimidating almost. And they've got them broken out of like cooperative strategy, light strategy, you know. And everything from, you know, Ticket to Ride to Axis and Allies to stuff that I've never heard of. Hmm. All the big ones. Uh, what's the Settlers of Catan? And, I mean, you know, if you've heard of it, they had it. Wow. And it's like five bucks that you pay, and then you can play anything in the... Thing. Oh, for everything. So it's for, one, for time one time One time $5 fee for you to walk in for the night. So it's you, a cover charge. Yeah, cover charge, basically. And you play whatever you want, and then you pay for your booze. We had fun. <laughs> what did you think of the movie? Um, you saw it, yes. We I saw it. I saw it well. We, I saw you it. Saw well, it. Well, so. you, you didn't. You didn't take Mason and the. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Probably a good move. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. It's it's really great. Uh, I think the first one is still funnier, but maybe that's because I kind of knew the humor going into it, what to look for, and what to expect. But I think this one's a better movie. I don't know that I. I don't. I like the first one better than this one. I liked this one. Oh, this was fun. It was good. I agree. I think the first one's funnier. I think it's got a lot more funny moments. First one feels like there were a lot more ad libs. This one felt a little more scripted, but I think this one did a lot more th- uh, fourth wall breaking than the first film did. Oh, especially those cutscenes. <laughs> oh, no, that was very meta and very funny. Um, but overall, I, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. I don't know if it was as good as the first one. Keith, did you do anything this week? Not really. Caught up on some shows. What'd you catch up on? Uh, finished Arrow, the most recent season of Arrow. It's not been super great. Mm. I was behind on Supergirl. I've been catching up on that a little bit. And finished Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We still have one to go. You still have the last one then? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we got current this week, but then obviously the new one aired, what? Friday. Friday. Yeah. So yeah, we won't get to watch it until Wednesday. Man. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good finale. Satisfying finale. Yeah. I did finish Armada. Oh, how, how was it? It was really good. I really liked it. As good as? Yeah, I think so. It's good in a different way. The the pop culture references are that still there is strong, but it's more subtle. And it's more ingrained into the plot, if that makes more sense. Than, like, as opposed to painted over the surface, it feels like it was baked in. Okay. It's like a lot of Ready Player One. It could almost be frosting, and this is. So like, it feels like more like plot than plot device, right? Okay. And it's a it's a it's a fairly common plot, but and based off a real conspiracy theory, but thoroughly enjoyable. Let's move on to some news. Denver Comic Con is happening in twenty five days. Have you got your tickets yet? I don't. 
but they have announced some Doctor Who guests, including David Tennant, Matt Smith, Billy Piper, and John Barrowman. So two doctors happening Father's Day weekend. They've also got a long list of other kinds of guests. If anybody would like to gift us tickets, we would certainly take advantage of them. (laughs) And and plane tickets, we'd take those too. We'll put put them to good use. Actually, I'll pay for the con tickets if somebody just wants to pay for my airfare. Really? Yeah. Okay, maybe. (laughs) Just the con tickets, though. Just the con tickets. Not the hotel. Not the hotel. Hotel? Going out one day, coming back. Well, we could drive it. That would be at least a hotel. Uh, but then, yeah, you've got 18 hours. Yeah, he sleeps in the car trip. on the way down. I sleep in the car on the way back. We can do it. <laughs> nope. Not driving it. For some of us in the room, that's not even the first time we've done that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope, and I'm let's be not honest. Not driving that. All of us in the room have done dumber things. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Shepard's going to be there too. Did you happen to see that? Uh, oh, yeah. There's a there's a, a, a fifth. A fifth. A fifth. Who gets and Josh it. Adams, you know, artist. Oh yeah, he's on. Uh, uh, he does. Uh, he does the comics, doesn't he? He did the comics. Did the comics. He doesn't yes. anymore. Um, Keith interviewed him on. A yeah, I was say that's that's why that yeah, name sounds familiar. Plant Comic Con. Oh, he did. Uh, yeah, yeah. He did, he did that one. Um. Did you happen to see a slightly off-subject segue, but did you happen to see that uh, Star Wars Celebration is going to be in Chicago? I did see that. Yeah, that's a lot closer. Just throwing that out there. Back to uh, (laughs) uh, the Midwest, which I hadn't been here for a while since Indianapolis. So Mm -hmm. it's been in Florida and California, but... Mm -hmm. Don't think I'm going to get to go. Just throwing that out there. (laughs) That's next year. You've got a whole year of plan. That's true. And that's kind of it for news. Not Quiet a whole news. lot. Not a lot this week. All right. Well, let's move on to feedback. First up in feedback is Chrissy. She sent this in post-deadline. So it's in relation to last week's podcast. She writes, that's democracy for you. Dear Vortex Boys, and to round out the New Beginnings trilogy box set, we have Castrovalva. This is a fun story. There's still some techno babble about block transfer computation, which I still don't get. But this time there's more visual chaos to illustrate what the Master is up to. Though this time, watching the story was the first time I realized Adric in the first episode was a projection sent from the Master's TARDIS to sabotage the Doctor's TARDIS. Because mumble, mumble, mumble something science, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Adric is a trap. The Doctor's wonky regeneration was interesting to watch. Everyone certainly had fun with that, from the script down to Peter Davison's acting. I do have to wonder if the TARDIS chose the cricket and frock coat outfit for him. It was just there for him to find. I love the concept of the Zero Room, a place with no outside interference where the Doctor can reset his brain. Too bad that was ejected when the TARDIS has to get away from Event 1. But the Zero Cabinet becomes a thing, at least for a while. Castro Velvet itself was nice. I can certainly see why the Master designed it that way. A calm and peaceful place for the Doctor to recover after regenerating. But then everything goes crazy. Again, we get a visual representation of the chaos and destruction the Master wants to bring to the universe, so I can follow these ideas much better than I could in Legopolis. I loved the way they filmed the Escher-style confusion. Makes me wonder how they managed that on a typical Doctor Who shoestring budget, but I'm impressed. The characters are really good, down to even the little girl the Doctor talks to in Episode 3. I think that's the one she's in. 
Also, the companions get plenty to do. Tegan and Nisa take the reins of Team Tardis while the Doctor is indisposed. Even Adric, although he's a prisoner of the Master, is interesting in the screen time he does get. I feel like this is a solid and interesting beginning for an era of Doctor Who, and I'm not just saying that because Five is my Doctor. I get something out of this story every time I watch it. I wish Castrovalva had been real, meaning I wish it hadn't just been an illusion created by the Master. It would have been cool to have the Doctor return for a vacation in a short story or something. It feels like there could be some rich history or lore to explore here. And then again, I felt the same way about Trocken. And look what happened there. <laughs> anyway, I'm rambling. Oh, I did want to mention one bit of behind-the-scenes trivia because I think it's funny. I have an odd sense of humor. At the very end of Episode 4, when the Doctor and his companions are going back to the TARDIS, you can see Adric holding his stomach and looking somewhat queasy. Either in the commentary on one of the DVD documentaries, someone mentions that Matthew Waterhouse had had a bad stomachache that day of filming, and he went having to find a bush to be sick in between takes. Good thing he didn't have a lot of lines that day. Anyway, this is a fun story, one which I watch again when the mood strikes. Watching it makes me want to watch Five's Era in order again. That's all from me. Talk to you later. Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. And Chrissy, I think they can pull it off on a shoestring budget because they only had to build one small set. <laughs> Keep reusing it. And just reuse it and shoot it different ways. It's perfect for Doctor Who. <laughs> you guys are so mean. Well, that's true. And Chrissy, we apologize for uh, getting this. We were actually getting ready to leave last week when your email came in. So yeah. we, were, we were on time last week. <laughs> and this been, well, had this been a couple of years ago when we did record later? And then couple that with the fact that she's on in mountain time so it's yeah. even earlier for her yeah. than uh, that probably would, probably would have got it at show time but anymore now we record earlier so and then there's that hour hour difference <laughs> but thanks for sending i'm glad we got it in this week speaking of trocken uh i did finish primeval and i was a bit wrong in my remembering it does tie in a bit more to keeper trocken than i remember no, I, I didn't. Realized. I didn't say anything because I was. I wasn't sure how far into it you were. But there's, yeah, there's. It's, it's not until the very last. Right. The we didn't want to re-spoil it. In the last story, <laughs> which that makes the story way better now that I have an understanding of what the keeper is and what they're doing. Right, right. Why the importance of they them building towards the first keeper ever. So your estimation of keeper went up. Or your estimation of primeval. Went primeval. Up? Okay. And his estimation in correlation to Trocken went up as well. Yes, I thought there was. I thought I, I thought there was a kind of a reveal near the end about the keeper, and not even it wasn't even near the end. It was in the last part of the story about the background of the keeper and that kind of stuff. But I couldn't remember for sure because yeah. it's been enough time well, that I listened to it. But it's I thought, really the resolution of you, the story of you, how the Doctor defeats yeah, the enemy. You said that last week, and I thought I still think there was a really big connection but i don't want to say anything in case you're still listening but i'm glad you brought it back yeah. up this week because not like i would have spoiled anything you'd heard it before i right. probably would just would have been like memory, well, that was oh okay <laughs> i just jogged, jogged your memory I suppose, yeah but. Well, that's okay it made a nice I, I the impact of the reveal of that the, the finale of that story actually landed this time instead yeah. of just being lost on me <laughs> <laughs> sorry we spoiled that <laughs> That's okay, I didn't remember it. <laughs> Yay, we got one. <laughs> Up next in feedback is Ben. Ben writes, will there be singing? Hey guys. Apparently not. Nope. We didn't start the segment that way, so apparently not. As this Dumbled- is kind of a special occasion thing, Ben. It's not an every week thing. 
And now he's gonna stop writing every week. Oh, so now it's my fault. Yep. Uh, he's writing. Every he week. said it, not me. He's <laughs> writing every week, hoping that you'll sing. I tell you what, I'll make I'm, I'll make a, a sideways deal. Is if we can verify whether or not the last song that I sung was a repeat or not, <laughs> <laughs> then maybe I'll consider <laughs> pulling another one out of the bag. Uh, he writes as Dumbledore, as played by the awesome Sir Richard Harris, might say, "Another week gone." Here we are on Sunday morning again. My house is pretty quiet at the moment. Not for long, though. In a moment or two, I'll be waking everyone up so that we can get ready to go see Deadpool 2. We're all very excited, as we love the first one. Yes, my kids are going. Yes, we understand the movie's contents. It's not every parent's style, but we have chosen to be very open with our kids. In our case, they can handle it. Moving along, when we get home from the movie, there should be an Amazon order containing Black Panther on my front porch. It'll be a Marvel kind of day. In other words, nearly an ideal Sunday. <laughs> For those wondering, I'm still reading Acceptance by Vandermeer. I'm nearly three-fourths of the way done. I could have been done by now, but I, there have been days where I just didn't feel like opening it up despite how good it is. This should work out, though, as I received an email from the fellows at Candy Jar Books informing me that the new unusual had been dispatched. If things, if I time things properly, I will finish one book as the other is delivered. Lastly, the wife and I attended a concert the other night. The first in quite some time, to be honest. Despite my ankle still being in a cast, I had a great time. My wife noticed that I was in a lot of discomfort, though, and managed to score us some better seating from security that allowed me to sit and prop my leg up. After the show, we went at, we went and hung out in the lobby, where one of the bands was supposed to come out for a bit. They did, and were extremely nice. They allowed my wife and I to take pictures, take a picture with them. The band in question is Bad Wolves. They are relatively <laughs> new, and if you're not familiar with them, perhaps you've heard their cover. Of the Cranberry song, Zombie. It has reached uh, somewhere around 100 million views thus far. An interesting and sad fact about the song, they were uh, they were to record it with Dolores O'Rourden the day she died. The man decided that all the proceeds from the song and video will go to her children. That's it for now, guys. I hope you have a safe travels through the vortex. Take care. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. I saw your picks. That first of all, I was surprised that with your bad ankle, you you climbed all the way up into the nosebleed seats where they they, <laughs> they had you initially. But I'm glad that you enjoyed the concert. And I also saw the the photos you had posted on Facebook um, with the band, and that's very cool. Yeah, and it's nice that they uh, are donating all the profits. Not many bands would do that. That's it for feedback. All right. Well, let's move on to our reviews. The 2018 Free Comic Book Day issue. There's no synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the Who is the Doctor synopsis right. at the beginning, but that's kind of a recap. Which, that's not even a recap. It's no. just a, an info dump of if you've never picked up a Doctor Who comic before or yeah. ever seen the show. So the first one is a 10th Doctor's... Well, Tenth Doctor kind of yeah. story. Well, for the most part, it is. It's a Gabby story called Catch a Falling Star. <laughs> can we call it a multi Doctor story? <laughs> we can, in as much as uh, there's two. There is two. 
It is more multi-doctor than Supremacy of the Cybermen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least these two show up together. No, they don't. No, they don't, but they're in the same issue. <laughs> they are in the same issue. Well, they were in the same issue at yeah, the end of the Supremacy. But... So I have a feeling that this is a huge spoiler for the end of the season we haven't read. We haven't it, finished. Yeah, I wondered about that myself. but Because it starts with Gabby falling through space. And remembering her time with the doctor, which is kind of a nice recap of everything that's happened to her so far. And then she's rescued <laughs> what's by the happening to her soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and at the moment. And and so if this is the future, if this is uh, the bridge, like it comes across like it's the a children in need bridge. Kind of like, uh, well, the one that they Between did for the, the, uh, the seasons. Journey's End and... Uh, right. Uh, time Crash. Yeah, Time Crash. Well, time Crash well, well, the, well, the one Journey's between uh, Journey's End and... No. Journey's End and Christmas Invasion. No, what was <laughs> what was Eccleston's last uh, story? Parting of the Ways. Parting of the Ways and yes. uh, Christmas Invasion. Yes, yeah. much like that one. Or even Time Crash, yeah. Yeah, although more the first one than Time Crash since, you know... You can still jump forward without having seen Time Crash. Well, with Time Crash, both the doctors show up together and see each other, too. So True. <laughs> so there's the multi-doctor aspect. Right, right. And this time they don't see each other. More than anything, I'm excited to see 12 and Gabby together in the future. Yeah. This one, um, this, set the, this set the tone for how I felt the rest of the book went. Just in... You're not going to get anything out of these stories. There's nothing there. There's no substance. There's no. a recap, basically, of this and her impressions of what she's gone through. And there's a little bit of a spoilery instance that I kind of felt the same way. I was like, oh, well, I think this is where we're going for the end of uh, the 10th Doctor's year that we haven't finished yet. But then to, to see the surprise there of her going towards the light and come yeah. ended up in the TARDIS with the twelfth doctor was pretty cool. Or yeah, twelfth doctor was pretty cool. And refresh me, where did we leave off with twelfth? Had we finished his season or not? I haven't finished anybody's seasons yet. We, we ended up with so. uh, lost, Ra- no, lost rise, lost dimensions. Oh, that's oh, yeah, right. That's we that's yeah. one we did. We're yeah. right in the middle of it. Well, we've got one more well, segment that hasn't. I think been yeah, we've got one volume got of a, everybody left. Yeah, we've got a which third, hasn't been collected. We finished nine, and that's the only one we did. Okay. Coming out soon, according to the the back of this. Um, I it's still for me, and I thought this would be fixed when I got my prescription fixed, but I still struggle with reading the font for her writing. Oh. I, I I appreciate what they're doing there, and I love the artwork, or her her art that she does. Right. Well, most of it is is not even her art; it's it's just kind of recap art. But uh, there is one splash page in there that has not even a splash page, but a full page that does have her with that kind of Disney esque drawing that she does, and I like all that. But I just, every time they write in her voice, it, like she's writing in her journal, I, I struggle to read those words for some reason. Now, the rest of the book was fine, so I know it's not my prescription. Hmm. It's just really, I struggle with reading those words. Font. It is that font. I had to go back and sometimes I'd have to read, a, you know, not a panel, but a block of text just because I, I missed something or left a word out or something, couldn't figure it hmm. out. But anyway. 
It doesn't bother I think me. it's a me problem, though. Yeah. I think it's a, <laughs> we could transcribe it for you. I think, I think it's gotten problem. better as they've done it, but I haven't, didn't have an issue with this one. I had the first time they ever did it, I did. But. Next time I'll read ahead, and if there's any passages like that, I'll, I'll, I'll translate them. <laughs> I'll, I'll call you and do a Google thing. You don't have to thing. translate them. Just and then read Gabby them out loud said to me. this. <laughs> <laughs> just read them out loud to me. Creepy computer voice. <laughs> And then we got the seventh doctor in the Armageddon Gambit, which is a nice little. There's not much there. <laughs> a, a nice little do nothing story. Yeah. <laughs> we got a nice little uh, a look, an interesting look at the TARDIS, which is a uh, odd meld of seven and eights. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's setting up. That's. Uh, it's seventh run, doctor's run, yeah. But well, I can't. Many, many I can't series. say for sure. I, I think it is. It, it to me felt like a prelude, is what it right. Did. It kind now, of if like it'll a, tie in, I don't know. Yeah. Well, other I don't. I don't. Other think than it, being a pre-credit sequence, I don't think it needs to. That's that's exactly yeah. what I think. I think it's a prelude or a pre-credit sequence. I don't think it really was spoiling or setting any plot device up, other than which in its it was an introduction to, of seven and ace to the comic readers, right. basically. Yeah. What it is. Which and it was written by someone different. George Mann, wasn't it? No, this one. Oh, this was the new one. Yeah, the uh, John Freeman wrote this one. Yeah. Well, it's not new, but Freeman's a writer, right? <laughs> in the comics before, but yeah, he's. Yeah, it was kind of so. We got in confirmation fun. on is, is there a seventh Doctor miniseries? It's yeah. not an ongoing. Right? No, it's, it's a, not it's ongoing. Just a it's a three or four issue, yep. shorter than a normal miniseries. Okay. Uh, not shorter than the third Doctor's. The third Doctor's was only four issues, wasn't it? I can't remember. I think it was five. Was I think it? so, too. This one might only be three, then. I remember thinking it's one this short. This is the shortest of all. The other ones, yeah. Which we thought was kind of fitting for the seventh Doctor, since he had so many shorter stories. Yeah, that's true. I think the art was... I really enjoyed the art in this I think one. the art was the best in this one. Yeah. Well, this fits very much more in with what you think of as comic book art with uh yeah this, yeah this is kind of your yeah yeah this is what you like that's kind right. of silver age style yeah that <laughs> <laughs> there's not much plot though so nope there's not much plot to any of them no no <laughs> that's like, why i say the first after i read the first story i thought this kind of sets the tone of how this entire book's going to be which and we shouldn't be surprised none of the free comic book days no, really ever are. have much plot to them well, it's, you know, it's supposed to be a taste of the, the, the runs, so you want to go pick some up. It's a freebie, and it's... Oh, yeah. Well, especially when you split it up into stories like this, you're getting, what, maybe six pages yeah, you know, per, per story. The last one I thought was a waste of space. The Midnight Feast? It felt very 11th Doctor, but it's it's it has nothing to do. Nothing. No, it's, it's him running around trying to find a This is the one written by he, George Mann. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Now the, this is him running around trying to find something to eat. Pretty much is it. And he goes to a diner and he does settle a uh, argument, but that's about the only thing that he does in the whole thing, other yep. than finding that he does like tuna sandwiches and <laughs> settles for it at the end and takes Alice's sandwich. Makes Alice eat some weird. Well, he didn't make stuff. her, but because of what he said, sometimes it's yeah, the things that yeah. you don't know you'll like, and then she tries it and then she makes that bad face. So. <laughs> yeah, that one was kind of worthless, but. It, it kind of has the feel of a, of a Moffat. It was very twelfth. It was very twelfth Doctor. It feels like eleventh Doctor it, or eleventh Doctor. It feels like the uh, 
first part of the eleventh hour. Oh <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's like, and I think that's what they was called. It, it feels like, and in, like the first one felt like a children in need. This felt like a latter day yeah. special that they would do for a charity. Maybe uh, the night in the Tardis episodes. That right. Didn't, yeah, didn't night in the anything. Tardis. That's, a, that's exactly yeah, what that's this feels what like. Feels like, like. Uh, minisode. The. Um, the, the, even to the point that that goes, and he <laughs> orders fish fingers and custard. Yeah. <laughs> this diner is kind of cool, though. Zygon sitting there eating yeah. different aliens that we normally don't see. It's a very. Um, Was it a displaced uh, in time and space diner? Is there a waitress that looks suspiciously like somebody that he doesn't know yet? No. <laughs> no, it wasn't Clara. Mr. Trick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, uh, there's one more. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there was a single page. Single page. The adventure begins this fall for the 13th Doctor. That's her coming out of the TARDIS after it lands. The art is phenomenal. Yeah, that that is beautiful. I really like that. I like to have that scanned in and hanged up on a wall somewhere. <laughs> I really yeah. would. Yeah. I would hang that. Enlarge it a cool. little bit. Yep. Yeah. Free comic book day. It is what it is. Yeah. That's a sneak peek of things to come. I'm not mm-hmm. sure we even needed to review it <laughs> after having read it now. And we'll probably come across some of these in graphic novels in the future and go, did we read these? Yeah, sure. <laughs> As we always uh, do. On the repackage. This seems really familiar. Yeah. yeah. You can skip this one. All right, Sean, take us into this week's topic. Well, we thought, uh, now that Keith has finally seen all of them, that it was time to talk about regeneration. Yes. What do you think? <laughs> Are you for it or against it? I don't know. He's a horrible moderator, <laughs> isn't he? Do you like The Wizard yeah. of Oz? <laughs> no, I just, it, it's, I, for, for me, I think it's, it's a stroke of genius that, especially back in the 60s, that they were able to take this concept and throw it out there and just because it's a science fiction show recast the lead actor and keep the ball rolling and nobody else had done that and successfully I mean really and I mean you obviously you get recasting in movies you know with Bond and and, right. and various things like that but not not to this level where it's you're acknowledging the change in personality that's just kind of kind of amazing I almost think it, it could have only worked initially in the sixties. Like I, th- I, I think audience viewing habits were so different then that it was easier for them to accept. Oh, okay, that's what he does, as opposed to if this hadn't been done previously and someone to try to do it now. I think no one would like it and it wouldn't go over as well. But I think because of the sixties mindset of viewing. At the time, it was accepted and then built upon as the years have gone and made it even better and better as it's gone through. Was there, I can't think of another, I mean, we've had television shows that have replaced the leads with, oh, who are the Duke Boys cousins? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, or Galactica 1980, where it's not Starbuck and Apollo, but it's another blonde guy. And it, yeah, yeah, it's like, mm, Or um, there's, uh, you know, Bewitched. Yeah, or so and so's leaving, and we're going to replace them with their cousin, or their brother, or their you know. They're, they're, well, it's going to happen on Lethal Weapon, apparently. Oh, oh. wrote off the one yeah. guy, Valerie. 
did that. Yeah. She they couldn't negotiate contracts, so they killed the character off. Had to change it to the Hogan family. And it lasted what another season? That seems a couple, be, I think, because yeah, because that? it was it was it was Valerie, and then it became Valerie's family, and then it became the Hogans, and because they brought Sandy Duncan, Duncan on, yeah, and they got another season out of it after that, after they brought her in. Normally, the ones that I've kind of seen it happen, it's, you you get kind of one more season to peter things out, and nobody, you know, with scrubs, they'll change the whole cast and make it a teaching hospital, and nobody likes that yeah. kind of stuff when they yeah. do it. So I think you're right. I think that maybe there's something about. When it's so rare that they're literally swapping out actors to be the same character. Yeah. I think it. The, I think we're talking apples to oranges in some of these examples, though, because right. with. Doctor Who, they just changed an element. They didn't change the format of the show. Exactly. And so they went straight along, and, and all they did was change their actor, and they gave it a reason for changing. And so I think that's why it was acceptable. I think if you did that now, I think it still would work. I disagree. I think it still would work now. But I think what we look at now is they, they, they change an element of it, and then they, as you said, with this, you know Scrubs becoming a teaching hospital or or the, you know the Hogan's. I mean, they revamp. They they re- re- revamp and they change it. Um, sometimes out of necessity, but it just they revamp, and I think that's where they they skew it. Doctor Who sort of they they stuck with the same concept. They still had companions that were traveling to TARDIS with the Doctor, going to on adventures and and seeing some familiar uh, enemies even at that point. So I think maybe that's what made it work so well. You said stroke of genius, and I agree with you. But I think it was accidental genius. I think yeah. it was situational genius. Yeah, I think no, it, definitely. they were presented with a problem and they said, well, this will be the fix and let's give it a try. And so I think being sort of a, a situational stroke of genius, I think that's what I think impresses me is that somebody even back then said, why don't we just making the same guy and just his face changes? That's what blows my mind is that somebody back in the 60s sat down and went, it's just the same guy. It's just the same guy. We're going to pretend he's somebody else. We're going to make it a reason, but it's just the same We're guy. We're going to put him in a wig. Yeah. And, right. And, 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 and try to make, make him Arnold. look like Arnold. And suddenly that gives the show a chance for renewal for a long time. Because now when this guy's done, this he just changes faces again. And when this guy's done, he just changes faces again. And I don't think anything back anybody back in the 60s thought that this was going to go 50-some years, 50-plus <laughs> years. But it is interesting to see that they, they sat down and thought, well, forethought enough out that you know we we've got a few years on this if we just continue this format that's yeah. what they kept doing and i think that worked and the big changes are from obviously from color to from black and white to color which they do during a, gen, a regeneration as well which is one of those things where again they leave the format of the show the same but they do a fundamental change in another area but still a doctor companion now granted they granted him on earth and so you took the tardis element out of it you still had him doing the same type of thing mm-hmm. so the the format stayed the same but you just had a you know a, a, a change around that format so i i think the regenerations have number one in that case been a okay we have to fix the problem we have here we've got to let one actor go we've got to bring another actor in and then the next regeneration so well we're stepping into a new era. Let's let's add color here. You know, it's just it seems like every time that that at least in the early days that they regenerated, they they came up with something different. So. Yeah. Also, changing the personality of the Doctor, I think, was a clever idea because it that gives you enough renewal or re refreshing on a character. Again, keeping to the same format, but mm-hmm. giving something new to it that kind of makes it feel new and not so tired. It could have felt really repetitious. 
had they kept things the same. Yeah. But each time that they regenerate, they 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 change enough of it, uh, maybe to its detriment with with Colin Baker's doctor, but that could be argued later as well. But, <laughs> but regeneration, I think, is a a wonderful happy accident. Definitely keeps the show fresh when it when when you go for fifty plus years. It's very important to make sure things don't get stale. And because uh, and if you think about some situations, you could plop down different doctors, and while the outcome will remain the same, how they get there will be different. So you can even have similar stories and still have such a different different story because it's a different actor playing the role differently, which is quite remarkable if you think about it. That's a really interesting experiment. I would like to see that. I would like to see a, I don't know, a, a book, a short story series or something where it's the exact same invasion. Whatever Force X is coming in and going to do problem Y, but you've got Dr. Z. And so each one of them handles it in a different fashion, even though it's it's the same set of circumstances. And I think that would be really kind of an interesting idea. Do you think personality would change the outcome, though? Because, I mean, really, that's, it's, it is the same guy. You would suspect that he would probably initiate the solution the same way because it's the same guy. He doesn't, well, lose, he doesn't lose his memory. He doesn't lose it. But his personality changes. Do you think personality would think make so. a difference? I think so. I mean, as Keith said, you're going to wind up with the same end game. He's going to win. <laughs> you know? But the but way he goes about getting there. Each doctor approaches winning differently. Yeah. First doctor, not as compassionate as the fifth doctor. Right. Yeah. I mean, third doctor would just go up and karate chop everyone until he won. <laughs> a second doctor would not do that. Fourth doctor wouldn't do that. No. So the I seventh mean, doctor I, would play three games of chess and have a grandstanding plan that we didn't know he had formulated off screen. Right. For this particular scenario, <laughs> just in case it ever happened. And in some way, we'd end up hurting Ace and for yeah, her probably. own good. Right, because he didn't tell her about it. <laughs> not you know, emotionally hurting Ace, not actually physically hurting Ace, but for her own good. Right, to help her grow. Help her grow. Eight would stand around going, stupid, stupid doctor, before lucking his way in. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd love them all for it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be an interesting experiment. I just, I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of curious about that now. I think as you get to the the new series, they would probably become a little bit closer to the same, the same story. resolution. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of reaching there than uh, the classic doctors. <laughs> Potentially, eleven would just be a little more bouncy about it. Twelve would be a little more mopey about it. Right. <laughs> but nine, the nine would solution. be angry about yeah, it. Yeah, angry about it. War doctor would come in and just blast everybody. <laughs> <laughs> His would be the only difference. Solution. <laughs> yes. Who won? I did. <laughs> I and 12 would just sass them into oblivion. <laughs> hmm. There may be something to this. Um, we talked a little bit on the, touched on this last week with regeneration sickness kind of becoming a thing. And having seen all it, of these now, do you think it's necessary? It didn't become a thing. I mean, it, became, it was it was a thing from the very beginning. Because I got to think about the when you brought that up last week. I thought about it this week. It's been a thing since the beginning. If you it's remember Empower the reference. Daleks, it's it's not well it's it's not manifested in the same way, but it's right. always there if you look. Because even from the first doctor to the second doctor, he's very aloof, very quiet, he's uh enigmatic, he's he's mysterious. 
probably would have been the better word to choose there anyway. Uh, he's mysterious. Polly and Ben don't know what to think of him, and he doesn't. He's not forthcoming with any answers. He's to almost him. a little hostile. He's going. Yeah, he is. He is hostile at times. He immediately <laughs> pretends to be somebody else, which wouldn't necessarily have been something that the first Doctor would have done. And so he pretends to be the inspector when he's mistaken for him, or the uh, not the inspector, the um, whatever the title was. With the, the, with the yeah. badge. Um, yeah. So I think that that there was a different because, and the reason I say that is because, granted, he was he was trying to find his legs as how he was going to portray the Doctor. So he didn't really have a lot to go on. So in real world situation, from a uh, Doyleist perspective, he's very much just trying to figure out how to play the character from a very Watsonian perspective though knowing that he's got that his doctor changes and he becomes much more warm to Ben and Polly and he becomes he certainly becomes more uh, forthcoming with information and he even becomes a little more skittish and and, you know as as the second doctor sort of does whereas he isn't so skittish in that first set you can you can relate that to the fact that he has just undergone a regeneration and his first regeneration if if that's to be believed. Well, it is. It's canon. And uh, but <laughs> in his first regeneration, and so it, it, he's having to deal with it in in such a way that I would consider that his regeneration sickness. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's always been there, and it's it's a retcon always been there, but it's a great. If it feels in some ways that the writers, when they decided, oh, we'll give them a regeneration sickness also looked in retrospect and said okay well this could you could have somebody explain it in their head that is why he acted this way and it's a great way for the doctor to kind of or for the actor to really get into the role and figure out how he wants to do it or she now of course it was written in initially for very briefly for three so whatever they, they didn't well, name, is, they didn't name drop it, but they yeah, actually no. put him in a hospital. It, it is written, yeah, it is written at that point. It is written in, but not name. And dropped. this is only the second regeneration at that point, right? And I can almost excuse that one easier because it was a forced regeneration. Yeah. So you know we don't know. Aren't what, they all forced? Well, <laughs> <laughs> one is forced by the eight. war doctors wasn't as forced. He, he feels like he's holding it he's back. The only but one. He was the only one like at he, old age. He, he had a fatal blow or anything. So, oh, the first doctor. Did so did the first doctor. I mean, they, yeah. they they kind of tried to make it feel like it was the proximity of Mondo. Wearing but, a bit uh, thin. I mean, yeah, was, I, I think yeah. I think I think he was just I think his old age. Then he just regenerated. Um, but yeah, I mean, four doesn't really. Uh, he's got just the initial confusion of waking up. But that takes all of ten minutes, and he's done. You know, you don't. He's think, got the zaniness. You don't think the zany wardrobe that's model part of, show? That's part of the waking up. That's that's to me. That's part of the uh, quote unquote sickness. I don't think. I think the sickness takes different severities or levels mm-hmm. of severity. But I think that's that's his. I mean, if and and I am doing a. a, a Clever bit of ritconning here, but uh, it. I think that's his is going in and being very playful with. The I mean, look at the some of the outfits he came in. He, <laughs> you, you know, he wasn't serious about any of those. Right. On the other hand, maybe he was because in his mind he thought, "Oh yeah, this looks good," and then realized, "Oh wait a minute, that doesn't look good." Again, that's his brain kind of playing with him. Like, 
what, what, what are you thinking there? You know, that kind of thing. I don't, even know that, I don't even know that he thought it was a bad idea. It wasn't until the burger said, or somebody else said no, that he turned around. There were quite a few dejected looks. He, yeah. yeah he maybe. Knows. And I he think totally be, would have worn a clown outfit. Because, but I think because, <laughs> I think because he lands on a sensible outfit for the most part, for the fourth doctor, he lands on a sensible outfit. I and mean, that's, again, from the, <laughs> from the uh, Doyleist, perspective that's for the benefit of the audience i mean they they wanted to have some fun we we have just changed doctors we're going to have a little bit of levity here we're going to have some fun with it but again from the watsonian perspective i don't think the doctor the doctor's a clever man and while he is very um eccentric the fourth doctor's personality specifically i don't think that i i disagree i don't think he would have easily wore the clown outfit because i think he would have realized that yeah, I'm going to be, I like to be a little bit off-putting and put people off on the wrong foot with me, but he doesn't want to make it, to him, to, to him, that would be beneath his intellect to be presenting himself that way and have the, at least in his mind, the superior intellect of somebody else that clashes for him. Same thing with the Viking. So I think I, that's why I put that into that, that this was probably him going, oh, this is a good idea, putting it on and realizing what the heck was I thinking? And and allowing the the companions, the brig and and Sarah at that point, to <laughs> kind of grounding, bringing back back down to earth, and kind of make that little snap. Like, yeah, you're right. That's not going to work. And so, to me, that's his regeneration sickness. I think the severity of the sickness varies throughout all the doctors. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, it's much worse when we get to five. Just like and six. Yeah, but just like it was. Bad for ten and seven, for that matter. Yeah, he's so confused through most. Well, of he's there. also hit his head. Yeah, that's true. Drastically, <laughs> he hit his head so hard that he regenerated. No, he—that is not why he regenerated. He hit bumping. his head while he was regenerating. You wait till you wait to uh, listen to the final. Uh, oh, is, is that, yeah. okay. It, there's a reason why he regenerates. He just happens to hit his head while he's in his regeneration. Oh, yeah. Just wait till we get there. I really quite enjoyed the uh, <laughs> big finish Six Doctor Final Adventures. It was good. Okay, what about eight? Eight died, died. <laughs> he got screwed up on the table, <laughs> and that was the first time I think that that the Doctor like. I think that was the first time that. The moment was not prepared for. <laughs> I mean, even with even falling from the radio tower, at least the watcher was there to sort of uh, ease the process over. Right. With the sixth doctor, it's the same thing. The doctor knew what what his fate was, and was gallantly saving Perry and taking her back to the TARDIS to get her away from Castrovama, knowing that he was poisoned. <laughs> We, it's 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 hard to argue six and seven because you guys aren't familiar enough with the big finished story. But eight, <laughs> that was a, that was I think that was the first time the doctor was ever like, oh, <laughs> 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 this is it, Oops, <laughs> it's done. Um, well, lying there as he slips into a coma, really, <laughs> San Francisco. And I think that at that point, I think that the doctor is so, first of all, ill prepared for what happens, that there's no preparation for the death. And second, that he conceivably was in the morgue not breathing. So there's a lot of regenerative tissue that's uh, regeneration is happening on the inside first before the outside. And I think that's right. why it happens in the way that it does. 
that he's in the morgue for a while. And who knows, maybe the, the cold refrigeration in the morgue slowed down that process of well, regeneration as well. The, uh, the anesthesia. Yes, it was the it, anesthesia. It, it, You're yeah, right. Almost, it does. What almost ended it. So I think but in that, a way, I think that that is, is, is for my argument. Because the eighth doctor, other than the memory loss, which is explained by his the is, amnesia. His is amnesia, yeah. Uh, or uh, explained away by the, uh, the anesthesia. He pretty much hits the ground running and goes. He does. So that You was, can that make was, the argument going into and, the and, war and, doctor and, also. And so for, well, for yeah, the most exactly. unprepared regeneration where there, there wasn't prepared it was a legitimate oh dead perhaps he just wasn't aware of the regeneration sickness because of the memory issue i i i think that's no i think that's an excellent explanation when you're, when you're not sure what's going on every at all let alone with your body how would you know you're having i don't remember sickness? who i am so how do i know this isn't normal for me Right, and I think that right. that's but why I, it comes as, across as a, as that a, way. As a viewer, yeah. though, that we we we've been exposed to. I, I'm saying that it doesn't. It, I'm saying that it seems like not every doctor suffers regeneration sickness, and certainly the severity no. of it's not the same. I think and you're saying every. That it is, I think I, every. No, I'm not saying the severity is the same. Well, I think, but you're the saying severi- I think hits everybody it. has a form of it, and it manifests itself differently for each one, and the severity of it varies from minor to extreme. And so, I, again, I'm pointing out that that's his. So that's his regeneration. The amnesia simply. And I think the trigger for it being that is because it was so quickly and abrupt. But you're right. He does recover. However, we look at it from the Doylist perspective, he only got an hour and a half worth of a movie. <laughs> and he's only on screen an hour and a half and, the time. You've got to get going. Decided of and, all the things to cut. That's and what 20 we're minutes of that movie is Sylvester McCoy right. in the role. He, the Doctor doesn't even show up as the eighth Doctor until about 20-some minutes into that film. So Now, it's a little bit harder to argue the sickness going into the War Doctor and going into Eccleston. Because we, we don't know. it feels like there's a gap missing that we haven't seen. I disagree going into the War Doctor. I think the only way, the, the, thing, the reason I can argue that, and you, you could go back to forced regeneration with that one, but he makes a choice a to choice use the elixir, elixir for the regeneration. So I'm, I'm wondering if that is almost, you're right, we don't see if there were repercussions after that. There could have been. But I think I like to believe, at least from the perspective of what we've observed, that because he took the elixir and he was, I mean, he was obviously already dying. They were keeping him alive. Right. Um, or he was keeping himself alive. Uh, but the, I think choosing to take the elixir, because that elixir is, is if if you believe the the canon that has been set up in, in the uh, uh, existing universe outside of the television series, that elixir is, is is essentially the secret to what gave the Time Lords their regenerative powers many years ago. So you're going back to the base source of uh, the mystery or the, of the, the mysterious material that gave the, the, right. the key. And so maybe you don't go through that if you get it from the That's source and not from passed down through genetics or whatever, however it's passed from one to another. Or a sparkly mist through the uh, universe. <laughs> through a crack. <laughs> through a crack, yeah. <laughs> Through a crack in your universe. Or, 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 or an invisible mummy. <laughs> Nine is kind of the same 
situation where we're, we were so we don't know how far into his regeneration he is that we see right. him. We don't right. know if there is repercussions or we can issues. assume it's not very long because he Based looks off, in the mirror. It hasn't at least hasn't looked in a mirror yet to see what his face looks like. There's but. at least two different stories we've read that are set in that time period, though. So. It's true, and we know he took a trip on the Titanic. Right, right, right. Well, and he and he was standing on the grassy knoll when Kennedy was assassinated. Oh yeah, so there's, yeah. there's two other, <laughs> not a lot of effective surfaces in the past. Well, huh? see, David Tennant's tenth Doctor had a farewell tour after he before he died. <laughs> Eccleston's ninth Doctor had a hello had a tour. Hello tour. <laughs> he regenerated. He visited several different places and then hit the ground running as the Doctor. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you, well, you know, you kind of bookends it you, if you think about you, you, it. You just got done fighting the time war. You're entitled to a vacation. <laughs> yeah, you know. absolutely. I don't know why I'm going to go see Dallas disaster and, and tragedy. And Titanic, but you know, okay. I guess those would appear, those would appear to be light comedies compared to the time war. <laughs> well, it was to ease himself in. You know? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Here it comes my favorite part. Back into the left. <laughs> All right. They're fixed points. You can't do anything about he, them. He so. went from billions of deaths to a few thousand deaths to one death. Two. One death. Well, two eventually, but. <laughs> We're a little morbid. <laughs> of course, 10 had the whole long bit of sickness. And I think 11 had it too. He was just off in the TARDIS. I think most of it, aside from the, the zaniness of the food, was dealt with when he was going off and coming back for Amelia in that 12 years or however yeah, long Yeah, I guess I was, I was trying to think, no, it's it's right off the heels of the thing crashing, but you're right, because there's a 10-year well, gap the, in Amy's timeline. Amy's timeline. Yeah, he was gone for 10 years. Well, well we don't know how long he, it, for him, he, uh, he could have traveled for a while before he, he came he, back. He, I well, don't, not, believe, so. I don't believe so either, because, because he apple. believes that he just showed back yeah. up. In his mind, it was... Yeah. I skipped over that minute to arrive in this minute, so for him, it's instantaneous. Yeah, that's true. But he is going through. He's going through, he's going through it while well, he's trying to find the, <laughs> the right food. The right food. Bad, bad beans. That's yes. A, You're Scottish. Fry something. So apparently, <laughs> apparently, as you get older, it affects your digestive tract. <laughs> well, Capaldi was very concerned about his kidneys. Yeah. And we saw his. And yeah, he was very. <laughs> he went through a. There, there's the. Third Doctor, the Fifth Doctor, and the Twelfth Doctor, and the Tenth Doctor all go through a I have to rest and rejuvenate yeah. period. Um, and that seems to be necessary for their regenerative cycles. It's interesting that it's only on those that it, it is it takes that manifestation that in in other situations although i guess you could argue that the eighth doctors was much restful because he was in the morgue <laughs> for a while um but it's interesting that it does take that sort of um obviously again from doyle it's just, it's just whatever the writer decides right, to, right. to fit the situation but take it from the Watsonian perspective, they all have something, but it really, really does manifest itself. So I guess in the a different key way. to this part of the discussion will be the thirteenth. Will be Jody because you you can even rationalize twelve with being that this is the either a new cycle or you know that he, he's beyond his his time frame at this point. 
This is a new cycle. You know that. He's already started his new cycle as the 12th. We don't know how long the cycle is. Right. But is, oh. is, is it going back to that argument? Is it just another cycle of 12 or is it a just, yes, he can do this as many times as need be now because the time orders are set here. Yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I mean, there's, I, there's, I think it, I we're think, not going to know until yeah. the show gets canceled. <laughs> then we'll have to retcon an answer out of that. But <laughs> it's, it's in, it's insignificant now because the only problem we had was that, was it Deadly Assassin sets the finite number, but Christmas or not Christmas? Um, Night of the Doctor, no, not Night of the Doctor. Time, Time of the Doctor, of the doctor? wipes the slate clean by right. not explaining. So we don't have a go back to. Well, now in the Time of the Doctor, they said it was so many. Well, now we don't because it, it's left ambiguously on purpose. So I don't. I think. It's disingenuous to argue, well, we don't know because we don't know because they purposefully left right. it open. So I don't think you could argue that. that, that that's trying to fit a, a noble quantity into the nice little fan box. Of, right. Well, this right. is how the rules exactly. work. And it's like, exactly. you're, you're not going to get that. <laughs> and Moffat, Moffat spent many years covertly and sometimes, or subvertly and sometimes overtly unraveling a lot of the rules right. that were set forth by Phantom for the most part. But uh, so I guess, I guess. Uh, Jody will be the kind of defining answer in a way is if we get a regeneration sickness episode to start the new season, I'll be like, well, okay, yeah, it's good. But if she hits the ground running, I'm going to argue it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because we don't know. <laughs> um, does it bother anybody? It. it I'm very petty. I'm going to let my flag, my my uh, my fan flag fly here for a moment. It bothers me that all the new regenerations are the same, and all of the previous ones are not. And I know that's just a you mean a, a from, from a from a special effects standpoint oh. that now we get the glowing. This is how it works. And there's a part of me that's very happy that we've settled on something. And yes, this is what it's going to be now. And there's another part of me that's like. <laughs> There was, aside from, what, six and the seven, because six wasn't there, there's always been kind of a, a dissolve between the faces. Well, sure, a dissolve, but a, not a... It's kind of it. Not a sparkler explosion. Well, yeah, there's there's a definite divide so, between classic series and new series. So in the way that the Silurians look immensely different from their predecessors. They're cousins. There was, there, there, was a, there was a drop line about that's that. That's true. Yeah. That is true. But then, but then, that's all we see now. You know what I mean? That's right. I mean. Yeah. So yeah. when it, to represent the Silurians, that's all you get. At least the Santarans. I mean, they're more cleaned up, but they still look. They're like vastly Sontarans. different throughout the classic series too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but that's just you know bad clone batches. Right. right. I mean, we've had ones with master uh, beards too. So. <laughs> Now, this is I, I feel like we finally have gotten to see good clone batches coming out of the Suntar Empire now. <laughs> well, at least more pleasant to look at. <laughs> <laughs> We've even had batches of tall Suntarans. Yeah. Those, Second Doctor. Those, those orange ones from the two Doctors are so bad. <laughs> so bad. I'll wait till you see Shakedown. They don't even look like Suntarans, although they were a little worried about there's a reason copyright for infringement on that. So. <laughs> that doesn't bother anybody else. Huh? It's just me. 
it's only bother bothersome because it's noticeable, but not enough bothersome that it takes me out of anything, out of the story, out of the okay. out of the continuity. If if anything, twice upon a time is the one that bothers me. Because it feels like there's a divide. Like you can almost I can almost retcon it in my head that the elixir that eight took did something that's now causing the sparklers. Because that's when it first starts. Ooh. That's okay. good. However, Keith. twice upon a time shoots that in the head when you see one glowing. When Does you he, see what? One starts to glow like a sparkler in twice upon a time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah so they it did ruins that. Yeah. Yeah, that almost special editions. Like, like, well, now, now that you've done that, do you need to go back and for when they release all these on video? <laughs> on do we Blu-ray, need to add yeah, the, yeah, you know, in the Blu-ray? Do we need to add the I sparkles guess we'll find out on, they do on Tom? <laughs> I agree. It's it's one of the it's it's a tiny little nitpicky thing. It's it's kind of the same as a black and white versus a color. You know that it's just not quite the same. You can universe, almost imagine I, yeah, it's, it's actually happening in the black and white one. <laughs> You just can't see it because it's black and white. It's black and white. I think what bothers me about staying with that the glowy regeneration is we've now had two instances where we've gone through regeneration and the TARDIS explodes. That was one of the things that bothered me about Twice Upon a Time was that we it really kind of felt like the regeneration between ten and eleven. Yeah. Suddenly between eleven and or twelve and thirteen, we're getting that same thing where the TARDIS interior is exploding. And it, it's a grand gesture in order to show that change is coming. And right. I understand why they do it from that perspective, but it almost feels tired and true. I'd almost rather see the regeneration somewhere besides the TARDIS, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, had it been more than one regeneration between the two, I think it wouldn't feel as tired. Yeah. But because there's only one in between them. It's and that's, little... that's another thing that's bothered me is is the regenerations, with the exception of... Uh, I guess six, uh, six and seven both regenerated in the TARDIS. But I was going to say, with the exception of... Those two, there was no nobody regenerated in the. I guess the the first doctor did. First doctor, the first yeah, he doctor the did. Floor. You can technically argue the second doctor did. Yeah, because they sent him into the TARDIS as they and he <laughs> fell out as the third doctor. Right, and I right. think there's even a fan film that they got there per is. tweet of film. Well, yeah, <laughs> not that that's canon. And but. <laughs> no, but it's it's very cleverly done. And yes, there is a fan film that finally I think got finished, but it does have per tweet and, and another man playing. A in between regeneration of the doctor between he's like two point five <laughs> yeah uh, um and then uh, four didn't four did not he was the first that didn't well three didn't either three didn't well no three, yeah three, three regenerated regenerated on the, the four beginning. into four into four right yeah four did it outside the target so Tom bookends both outside. four four was outside five was inside no. Yes, five, five was, was inside, inside on the was floor. Inside. Six, Six was, was inside, inside on the floor from television perspective. Seven was just outside. <laughs> Seven was, uh, no, he, he, was didn't, he, was, he was shot outside. He, he regenerated in the hospital. That's true, he regenerated yeah. in the, in the, in the, on the table or in the morgue. Eight regen- but eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, they've all regenerated in the con- TARDIS. War, console. not eight. Or, I'm sorry, no. Yeah, yeah war, war, eight, eight was sorry, on, uh, war nine, ten, yeah. ele- eight was outside. War, all the nine, Moffat ten, ones. Nine, <laughs> yeah. all, uh, pretty much all the new all series. All the Russell T. Davies and Moffat ones were. 
yeah. inside the thing. But anyway, that being said, I, I I think that's getting old. To me, that's that's a bit tropey now for Doctor Who. Um, and I think that the, the blowing up of the interior, the time, I don't think that's necessary. We cleverly established that these are desktop themes <laughs> at one point. So just have the doctor come in and go one. pull a lever and the <laughs> thing just changes. I mean, that would be really cool. I don't think I'm, I think I'm tired of the grand blow up of the TARDIS regenerating. Just so that we have an excuse just, to rebuild the yeah, console. Yeah, just, I agree. I would yeah. honestly, I would like to see the reverse because the other thing that you get with, with, with the regeneration, you get the regeneration sickness, you get the wardrobe bit where there's always a gag about, you know, what are they going to wear? Uh, and, and a joke about previous costumes. And a joke about previous costumes built on that. I would almost rather them flip that. I would rather see the doctor come out fully clothed, this is the outfit, and then pull a lever, and we go through three or four old console rooms. Yeah. And then decide, oh, no. Or, or even <laughs> ones that don't get, you know, we see but don't get used. Yeah. You know, maybe they didn't even, we've like one even... or two old ones and then maybe a, a, a one that we've never seen before, but that isn't the one they end up playing. Right. On. I think that would be a clever yeah. gag to do it that way. That would be. But what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> well, what about the stories themselves that tend to contain the regeneration into them? What do you think? Are there ones you guys prefer over others? Um, the the interesting thing about it is if I step through them, the Tenth Planet is one of my favorite Hartnell stories. The War Games, although it's a massive one ten part story, uh, is is a great story, and that that happens to be Second Doctors. Um, the Planet of Spiders has come, become comes along to be the first one that I wouldn't rank that as one of my favorite um, uh, Third Doctor stories. Um, it it just so happens to happen in that one, but I don't think it's that great. So I don't it's, think it's, it's that great of, the, of a story. It's the first one that almost feels like a goodbye to this doctor. Yeah. It feels like it's written to be his farewell as opposed to tacked on at the end. And I wonder mm-hmm. if that comes down to the fact that even the second doctor, I imagine uh, Patrick Troughton, pro- they probably didn't have a lot of heads up that he was going right. to be done. Um, I don't know for sure, but I wonder if maybe they didn't have a lot of heads up, especially since they were in the middle of a 10-story arc. Or they knew he was coming up and thought they were going to have more than one story go- leading up to it and realized, oh, we'd only have, we need to just make no, it. We just need to make one. it I, I here. thought they knew because it was the incoming new production uh, producer knew. Th- they had already set in mind that they were going to tra- you know, go to Earth and that they were making the transition to color and that we were getting a new companion. and All of that had already been kind of set in motion i would think but did they know patrick was done i would i would assume so that that was all going because that's all part of the changeover there's there's no reason to strand the doctor on earth unless Unless, so i I would think they 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 had that planned kind of in advance and the subsequently the last part of the war games where we're dealing with oh you've been caught (laughs) you you can't get these people home you need the help to do it uh call in the time lords and now he's busted um is but kind of tacked not, onto that story, but that's very, that's that's what it, I think it's what, done in a way that makes sense for the yeah, agreed. Yeah. But I think that's what it comes down to is the war games feels tacked on, so that kind of makes me wonder is they didn't necessarily know how they were going to do it, but with Planet of Spiders, that feels like it's orchestrated from the first story, the first episode of that particular oh, story, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, I that's I think that maybe that's why it makes it feel like it's, it's okay. and, and it might prepared. not feel that way if it weren't for that big epic chase. 
throughout most of this. <laughs> well, part two or part three, where Pertwee gets keys. to fly. Mm-hmm. Do, part two. Drive absolutely everything ever. <laughs> Hoomobile. Yeah. Fly the Hoomobile. But it's such a, a trait of that Doctor. Yeah. Had that not been there, it might not have felt so uh, fan service for the third Doctor. Ten got a farewell tour. <laughs> so did three. Three drove a farewell <laughs> tour. <laughs> he was hitting the road. <laughs> Um, and we kind of discussed, uh, Legopolis was not. Legopolis with me is, gets better and better every time I see it. And so I think that, no, for me, I think that is a, that was a good farewell story for him. So no, I, 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 you'll differ with me, but I think, (laughs) I I think that was a good story for him. Now, Caves of Andrews. Caves, which is my all time favorite story still to this day is an incredible so long. I think um, the part of the brilliance of Caves is the sacrifice he makes for yeah. Perry. I think the, the the problem you wanted to say six is is he doesn't really have a goodbye story. Right. Um, they end with the trial of the Time Lord and um, go on hiatus and really don't know what they're going to do with it until in the hiatus Collins let go. And so... And not, and Colin not coming back to shoot his regeneration scene, which would have been at the beginning of us. Yeah. That would have been the first time that the regeneration starts at the beginning of the story, and it still is to a point because it's which would have been really interesting. Um, so, and, and if you count that as Colin's regeneration, even though it's McCoy in a wig, uh, that I've never, you know, I've never made any <laughs> bones about the <laughs> fact that I do not like Time of the Round. I don't think it's a great. A great story by any means. So, but I like that one. <laughs> um, I do like Sylvester's. Oh, that that then becomes the first time right. that a regeneration is seen at the beginning of a story, which will be the 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 movie, Doctor Who the movie. So which I like we all like that. Yeah, um, I really liked Night of the Doctor. <laughs> if you're gonna gotta count that for his regeneration, um, and we like Day at the Doctor. Day of the Doctor. Oh yeah, for the War Doctor. I forgot the War Doctor's regeneration. You can't forget the, the War day. Doctor. Um, Parting the Ways was a good story, so I would count that as very high up. As what's well, nice, the, one of the things I like about oh. Parting of the Ways is, is for the, the most part, the surprise of the regeneration. Yeah, yeah. which is well, most fans knew it was coming, <laughs> it was coming because so. of the announcement, yeah. but it wasn't. It didn't felt built up to no, as did. much. It felt like a gut punch of a regeneration, as opposed to. Uh, a slow march to death. Yeah. Like end of time. Uh, yeah. It's a slow march to death in, in, in less than a few minutes because we do realize what's happening right. early enough on in the episode, but it's still at the end of the episode. So you do still yeah. get the gut punch. Yeah. As opposed to, <laughs> yeah, but, no. that's, but, but that's also if, if you're a new fan who came in on at Rose and don't really understand right. how it all works, right. it is a gut punch. Especially as an American fan that doesn't necessarily yeah. know that, the Eccleston only had one season. So. Right, right. Those, those are definitely, yeah. I, I, I really, I've said this before. I think we, I, we need to find a way of being able to go back to not knowing, because the gut punch of the, the, the two gut punch episodes I've had from regeneration stories were Legopolis, which was devastating to me for thirty years, <laughs> and and the Parting of the Ways, just because I was, uh, uh, you know, catching up with them and didn't know that the announcement had already been made and that this is already a thing, 
and so didn't know that that was the end of his story. It was just, oh, Doctor Who's back, sweet. Oh, well, not this one. And both of those are really, really, every, every other one of them I've known, either because, you know, the box art on the VHS tape, or, right. you know, as we've gotten further along with, now it's a, we're going to have a BBC announcement special, here's the televised moment that we're going to let you know who the actor is that's going to replace this particular Doctor, so... Um, but none of the rest of them have come close to the emotional impact of those two. Even knowing that they were going. I think they could still do that while having an, an announcement of who the next Doctor is going to be. If they just changed how they did their generation. If it wasn't... Like regenerate uh, mid-season. Mid-season. Or... <laughs> like, like, like right. they made it look like... like no, we... <laughs> We weren't that dumb to know to think that that was what was going to happen. But if they we... actually did that, the gut punch of that would yeah. still have the impact of. Well, but he's gone. I didn't emotionally prepare myself for that. Yeah, you know when it's at the end of a season or Christmas that it's gonna there's the higher chance of regeneration. See, I, I I think knowing that the doctor's going still, and then seeing the regeneration, knowing it's coming, the expectation and anticipation of it, to me, is still enough. I, I number one, I've kind of resolved the fact that we'll never get a situation where we won't know something's coming. It's hard to do in this connected world now. Um, so maybe that's part of it. But number two, I, I think the, even knowing that the, the doctor's going and coming there's, I think, uh, um, an excellent example is I think knowing Eccleston was leaving his wasn't so much gut punchy for me, but it was very emotional even though I knew it was coming. I think even David Tennant is as lousy as a two-part story as that is. <laughs> David Tennant was a, was pretty good. It was it was. We look back at it now the more we watch it, and I think we're able to look at it and go, okay, it was maybe a little bit too long, and we can be more critical about right. how it happened, but at the time was very highly emotional for me. Um, specifically, uh, the 11th Doctor. The final was highly emotional, and still is. And, and so to me, what I'm saying, though, is that's enough. I don't need that. I would rather have surprises be Missy showing up and being the master. Those are the things that I think they need to do a better job of um, surprising me with. Regenerations? No, I don't. Because I think if they started doing that and they they would lose the trust of a lot of fans, maybe not me specifically or maybe some of the diehard fans, but I think that they would start to, the, the, the middle of the road fans, they would lose the trust of somebody, you know, get, look at David Tennant, how well loved he was by the non-fans. Mm-hmm. And then when he left, how hard that was for, that was a punch for the show because so many people were like, oh no, bring back David Tennant, we love him so much. I think if you did that mid-season for somebody that they got as attached to as they did with him and didn't let them know it was coming, I think that would be that would be even more of a disservice to maybe your middle-of-the-road average, not so diehard fans are going to stay on with the show. I think that would be that would serve as a detriment to the, to the series. Yeah, it's, it's probably also the popularity it's, it's a disservice to the actor that yeah. you don't yeah. get the farewell tour. You don't get to this because we're pulling yeah. the surprise plot-wise. So I can I can see why they don't, but I, I still wish there was a way. Even if it was a, okay, we've cast the new Doctor and she's going to start uh, Christmas next season, but then it happens Christmas this season. Okay, you got me. I, I was not prepared for that, but wow, something along those lines where yeah, I don't need that surprise anymore. That kind of, <laughs> I don't need I don't need that kind of surprise. I mean, I see what you're saying, but yeah. I think they can I think they can surprise us in other ways without having to. 
I think that the actor deserves to go when it's their time to go. So it just means they got to work harder for those surprises. That's right. They got to work harder for the other surprises. Yeah. I mean, you can't tell like me that John Sims is coming back, <laughs> and, then, and then as soon as I see him and go, "Oh, hey, there's John Sims," but yeah. this is him. Yeah. And I'll freely admit, I'm going to spoil the Mondasi and Cybermen. Yeah. That could have been or, a great or surprise us, too. Us from week to week, going, "Oh, I bet John Sims in the box." Oh, I bet John Sims. In, well, <laughs> no, nope. <laughs> and I'll freely admit, I'm coming to this from a purely american standpoint having not been around for the show from time to time where again over in england it was not a big deal and peter davison said no everybody kind of knew it was coming so it's you know it was only a gut punch to those of us that didn't know (laughs) (laughs) but well let's wrap up our uh, discussion here because we're running a bit long this week but uh any final thoughts on regeneration would you if you had the ability would you want to do it yourself regenerate yeah, if, if it meant that, just like with the same rules, you become a new person. It's like death. The old Glenn goes away, and this new skinny blonde guy sits up in his place. And he's still Glenn, and he has all the memories, but he's completely different. Would you do it? Yeah, I think it'd be all right. I think it'd be like, and and Andy has talked to us a bit about, like, it'd be a lot like reincarnation in, in, the, in the Buddha, uh, Buddhism. Buddhism? Buddhist. Buddhist. There we go. And that the Buddhist idea of reincarnation. I think that um, that idea, which is very parallel to what the doctor does in, in regeneration, I think that would be okay. Going on in life and being able to see things, maybe even from a different perspective if you have a different personality. Um, having all the same memories, having all the same knowledge. But, yeah, being able to live as a different person, I think absolutely I'd do that again. Or do I think that. it depends on my situation at the time. Where I was in my life, how old I was, would I want to regenerate now? No. 40 years from now, maybe. We'll see. I'd also like to have that chance, though, that you never know what's going to happen to you. I mean, we we could step out the door and be gone next day. So the opportunity to be able to regenerate would give you, certainly gives you borrowed time, gives you more time. I suppose that's an added, you know, if you knew you were going to die or, oh, I got shot. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. It's happening now whether you want it or not. Right, but, right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you don't typically get to choose your regeneration unless you're a to. Um <laughs> That's one thing we didn't talk about at all. <laughs> no, we kind of focused on his, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> I'd do it in a New York minute. Yeah. Immortality, baby. Everybody presents it as a curse in science fiction. Oh, being immortal is so... No, screw you. <laughs> I do not care not to be immortal. <laughs> All right, Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule? Well, coming up on the schedule, next, if you're uh, following along at home, next week we are delving back into the Brigverse with uh, a look at the new Unusual. And just a reminder again, that is a change from the originally scheduled programming of Man from Yesterday. But uh, we, we flipped it since uh, New Unusual did hit uh, the streets and is available uh, by... Adrian Sherlock and Andy Frank Mallon. Yes? Yes. Good. Uh, so we will be covering that novel. And then the following week, we dip into some companion chronicles from Big Finish with uh, The Magician's Oath and, boy, I thought I could do this from memory, Something of Peladon. Bride. Bride. Bride of Peladon. No, it's not Bride. It's a... Uh... Oh, it's... Uh, no, you're right. It's Curse of Peladon. It? No, no. No, Curse is an actual episode. Uh... You're right. We don't. It's not Bride yet. It's, it's not Bride there's yet. There's one in there that's a companion chronicle because Bride, uh, Bride is actually a main range. Um, yeah. 
I just read your schedule. <laughs> I did too. I a just day or so up. ago, and I, I can't remember what it was. We're doing a Peladon story. We're doing, we're doing one of the Peladon stories that's in the uh, the, the Companion Chronicles. Well, so go look those up. We'll be reviewing uh, the Redux of Plain Dead, won't we? Which that's, is involved, in, which is included in the novel. That's next week. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, I, I should, he's, he's already a week ahead. I should I know, but uh, go back yeah. to include that short story. Yeah, that, that will also be the short story will be included next week as well. All right. Anything else we need to talk about before we uh, close Pri- this show? The Prisoner out? of Peladon. Prisoner of Peladon. Thank you, Keith. That's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.